God will give enough evidence to open those whose hearts are soft and ready, but not enough to infringe upon the free will. People always say, why isn't it more obvious? And it's in order for love to be able to exist. True love, genuine love, it has to be a choice. And for us to be able to have the choice, there can't be way, way, way too much evidence because then it wouldn't be a choice. There has to be an element of faith. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. This is the Human Future Podcast, where we explore the intersection of technology and spirituality with some of the world's brightest minds. Together, we paint a vision of the desirable future and discuss the actionable steps to make that vision a reality. And now, without further ado, let's begin. This guest is Gabby Lucia. This episode is not just a conversation, it's a heart-touching exploration of the power of prayer, the role of technology in our lives, and the importance of aligning our actions with our deepest values. Gabby's journey offers lessons in compassion, the pursuit of wholeness, and the transformative power of connecting with something greater than ourselves. Enjoy the show. Welcome. And this is basically where we start uh, the, the episode. Yeah. So I say it again. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for being Thank here. Thank you. Yeah, it's always an honor to be in your presence. Uh, Thank you. you. Always uh, shine this very uh, bright light, at, at least uh, when you are seen by others. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure we all have the, the shadow side too, but I really enjoy... Uh, seeing you and shining your light uh, you. uh, out in, in in public and yeah, <laughs> l- lighting up other people with with your with your light. Thank you, thank yeah. you so much. It's it's always an honor, and I love having these conversations with you. And I think it's amazing that you make the time and you carve out the time to ask people what is in their inner landscape and what their perspective is, because everyone has such a different you know outlook on things based on their experience. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think it would be cool uh, to start from you sharing a little bit about your journey and maybe ta- talking about the important milestones and events and things that uh, really shaped your character, your identities, and mm. the important, well, maybe all the way back to the childhood, something important that happened there. And then, Is this uh, a therapy session? <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, at times people, people do cry, um, <laughs> but uh, we don't, you know, it, I never know where it's going to go, um, mm. but it's. I like to set that uh, stage of like who is in front uh, to understand why they're the right person to talk about whatever we're going to talk about. Amazing. Yeah. I love that. Um, well, I guess I would start with, I always say like I'm half Cuban, half Dutch. I really love having those two different cultures because they're so opposite. So immediately it's like, wow, like how did that happen? You know? <laughs> and so I... I grew up, you know, in a household that was a really great mix of like liveliness and and love and warmth and then also very like on the other Dutch side, like very level headed and analytical and like super direct, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I definitely am a product of my environment. Um, I was blessed to grow up in a very beautiful home in a loving home with parents who we celebrated their 39th anniversary back in August. Mm-hmm. And it's been incredible to witness the values that they have, you know, modeled so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two brothers. I love them. I'm a middle child. Um, but that they say that the middle child has like certain characteristics. But I feel like when the opposite, when the genders are opposite, okay. then it cancels out because everyone has their special thing. It's like the eldest and then okay, the middle yeah, one is, yeah. you know. 
What, um, what do you know about uh, being the middle child? <laughs> what What are the common traits? Because I don't know. I'm, well, I only had a sister. They They say they say that you know the the first one usually um, is like coddled because they are the first one, yeah. you know, and then the middle child sometimes feels like they get like lost in in whatever uh-huh. family structure there is because uh-huh. um, they don't have like that claim to fame in the family. Yeah. But I don't know. My parents always did an amazing job at really acknowledging everyone yeah. um, and valuing every single one of us and, and really making us, fr- having us have the freedom to be ourselves and to express ourselves and to pursue our hobbies and our interests. Yeah. Um, and also to be very like um, intellectually inclined and, and driven, I guess, yep. you know, to be productive uh, members of society, really, which I'm super, super grateful for. But yeah, so I grew up mostly in Spain, um, in Madrid. I went to an international school. And um, after that, I graduated. I went to college in London, studied economics. I did my postgrad there as well. And I was always a very, like, numbersy person. I loved numbers because they would, like, help me figure everything out. It yeah. made sense. Everything fits together. You can prove things. It just, you know, it, like, yay, this, like, gives me a lot of uh, pleasure, you know, for things to just make sense. Mm. And um, even though I love numbers, I also realized, like, I actually love people more. Mm. Like, I love numbers, but I really, really love people. Mm. And so I remember I just started getting into, like, personal development at that time because I was like, how can I actually help people make a difference in their lives how can Mm. i bring value to them in a way that's not necessarily inside the workplace but outside the workplace you Mm -hmm. know because when we're so consumed by work we might forget um to deal with our inner landscape and our inner worlds and our relationships and our communication styles and things like that Mm -hmm. so i just um i got really really into personal development and i ended up going to one of those tony robbins events those four-day events and i remember it was like day three and I was living in London at the time. I was, I remember thinking, how can this be my life? Am I going to spend the rest of my life like mm. at a computer, like looking at a screen, like fluorescent lighting? Like, is this, is this really it for me from now until like right. retirement? And sure. I was like, this, this can't, should, this can't yeah. be the extent of it, you right. know? And so I just remember thinking like, okay, something needs to change, but I don't know how and I don't know what. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to that event seeking it. Mm-hmm. And on day three, I remember, you know, sitting there and hearing Tony Robbins uh, speak and he got really close to where we were sitting and he was like, you know that there's a decision that you came here to make and uh, that's the reason that you're here. You may not even know it, but it Mm -hmm. is why, you know, God brought you here today. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what he's talking about. I was like, Mm -hmm. boom, and it just hit me. I heard, you know, a voice in my head head say, "Um, you have to quit your job. And I was like, what? Like, I am like, you know, 24 years old, how am I going to like mm-hmm. quit my job? What am I even going to do? How am I going to yeah. support myself? Yeah. But, you know, life is miraculous in the moment that you sent, set an intention, everything conspires to make it happen. And so, mm-hmm. you know, these little coincidences started aligning. I started meeting the right people. Uh, the path started opening up. And and I ended up, you know, like having the ability to work from my laptop and, and mm-hmm. travel wherever it is that I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And I was actually on my way to Brazil because I really wanted to go to Rio, to Rio de Janeiro, because I have a few friends who live there. Mm-hmm. And I, I love Bossa Nova and I just fell in love with the culture and mm-hmm. the mountains and everything. And um, in the end, I had like a layover in Miami. Uh-huh exactly like six years ago now and i felt like i had to stay like i was here for like a day and i was like i don't think i need to get on that flight to brazil yet like there's something in my spirit that really wants to stay here 
And uh, and so I did. I That, like, layover turned into three weeks, then mm-hmm. three months, then three years, and now it's been six years. Mm-hmm. And I still can't believe, you know, that, that this is a place where I ended up that I now call oh. home because mm-hmm. people can associate Miami with a little bit of, like, materialism and party life and I like had you know I kind of like stopped drinking um like six years ago just because I became a little like allergic to it you know how some people become lactose intolerant I became mm. alcohol intolerant just like physically like the yeah an actual like, reaction that happens totally to like yeah. it was around the time when I had started you know being doing more mindful practices mm-hmm. and I was just like mm, I don't think that this is like in alignment with yeah with wh- like who I am or what I like how I want to spend my time. Yeah. Um, not that it had ever been, you know, an issue or anything, but yeah. it was just a lifestyle change. Yeah. Um, and so um, here in Miami, like my journey was very, very interesting. Um, I know that I met you early on in the journey. I was very, very into meditation and into uh, healing. I feel mm-hmm. like the personal development world quickly takes you into meditation and healing, and then you start really exploring things of the soul mm-hmm. and um, the deeper things in life and mm-hmm. why are we here and, you know, how can we really, really live our fullest lives and, yeah, and just be, you know, in harmony with everyone around us. And mm-hmm. is that even possible in a world that looks so loud and yeah. so conflictive yeah. on the outside, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, would you say the Tony Robbins uh, event was the catalyst or were, were there some other events that brought you to the like a big shift in your... I mean, I would say definitely the thing that got me to the Tony Robbins event, at least part of it, and yeah. the reason that I was like looking for a change in my life, apart from like the fact that um, it was like dark at 4 p.m. in London and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Like I have to be in a place that has mm. palm trees at least, you know, a mm-hmm. place with like more daylight and a place where I can spend more of my time outside. You know, yeah. it was something I was craving because growing up I had always gone to Puerto Rico and yeah. Cuba to be with my mom's family. And yeah. I just loved, loved that ability to just right. spend most of your time outdoors, yeah. even working, you know, like sure. just being able to be on my laptop and work from the outside here. It's just wonderful. But yeah, around the time I also had like ended a relationship uh, with like one of uh, like my most serious um, boyfriend uh, coming out of college. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was also a little bit of a catalyst of like, okay, mm-hmm. You know, I really need to see what what it is that I want to, like, make of my life because he, mm. he's moved on and I feel like I'm, like, here kind of, like, a little bit heartbroken and haven't really seized mm. the, the the fullness of my life. What can I do, you know, to, mm-hmm. to see transformation mm-hmm. in me? Um, but, yeah, I was very, very drawn to the healing world and the meditation world for a long time. I did one of those... 10-day meditation courses, you know, where you meditate 100 hours in 10 days. And I think we're all, like, always really seeking, right? We're always seeking uh, wholeness because we feel like there's this, there's something that we need to uh, heal. I I know now that for me that was, like, a God-shaped hole. The only thing that was missing from my life was, like, having a true personal relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And the definition of that has changed a lot for me in the last few years. What is God? (laughs) What is God? Yeah. Well, that's wow. I mean, that's like such a loaded question for me. I mean, God has become like my my best friend, mm-hmm. like my protector, my healer, my uh, the person who I go to for wisdom, for comfort, for consolation. I think I used to refer to God more as like the universe mm-hmm. before. Yeah. Um, and then it all really became very concrete for me. This is fast forwarding in the story a little bit, but yeah. I hit like a rock bottom in my life 
maybe right after COVID, um, when everyone was in the pandemic. The first year was great of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we had like dinners where we were able to have yeah. really, really beautiful conversations yeah. uh, with people. And I think we were lucky here in Miami to have the mm-hmm. ability to go outside and things like that. But after that, you know, I, I, I had I started having like PTSD episodes and panic attacks at night. And I didn't really understand why this was happening when mm-hmm. I was doing all the right things. You know, mm-hmm. I was doing all the like yoga and the intention setting and the meditations and mm-hmm. the energy healing and whatnot. And I yeah. had even tried ayahuasca and, you mm-hmm. know, psychedelics and mushrooms. And even then, like, it just, things didn't seem like they were Mm. going quite the way that I expected that they Mm. would. And I remember one day, like, I I just got down on my knees, which wasn't a posture that I really typically had. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm no longer going to ask the universe for help here because I've done that and look at, like, where I am. Mm -hmm. Maybe I need to change who I'm directing my question to you Mm. know or asking for help from and i said whoever created my soul you must love me right like if you created this earth and you created love and you created like my soul then it must mean that you care about me and Mm. and that you love me and i said if you're if you're real and if you're listening please please help me. Mm. I, I, I don't know if I can continue living like this because mm. the panic attacks had gotten so bad. I, mm. I wasn't even, even able to like go outside and spend a lot of time outside because I was like overstimulated very easily after COVID. Mm. I know a lot of people had long COVID symptoms, right? Like that gave them brain fog or like di- just different like digestive intolerances that they had never had before because it yeah. impacted our nervous system, you know, yeah. on many different levels. So we're seeing the effects of that. But for me, it had a, like a, a tough impact on my mental health. Yeah. And so I would start isolating. And that was very unusual for me because I always loved being around people. Mm-hmm. But in that in that isolation, um, I just remember, yeah, hitting that rock bottom, saying that prayer. I said, whoever's out there, if you're real, if, you know, I just want to know the truth. I just want to, I just want to ask for help. Like, mm-hmm. please, please help me because mm-hmm. I don't know if I can live anymore. Yeah. And man, like that was probably the, the most important prayer that I've ever said in my whole life because a couple of days later, it was Valentine's Day and I was invited to go to a, uh, like a church. And mm-hmm. I was like, hmm no offense like that's not really my thing like Mm -hmm. I was you know like raised Catholic but not really but like you Mm -hmm. know that I just didn't find spirituality there I didn't find any real like me personally you know like I know that people have different experiences for me it was like you know the church that we went to in Spain I thought it was very dry very rule following didn't seem like there was a lot of love or grace or just like depth you Mm -hmm. know and so I had already just crossed that off thinking that's not where I'm going to find anything right And in the end, you know, I hadn't seen this person who I bumped into on Valentine's Day. I hadn't seen them in four years. And they said, just just give it a chance. You never know. You never know. Like the music is beautiful there. Like at least you'll be able to experience, um, you know, some great music. And I know that, you know, my family, my two brothers are musicians. So he knows that I love love music. So it was a great way of getting me. (laughs) To be interested in open. He said, you have nothing to lose. And I Mm -hmm. said, you know what? You're right. Like I, I really... I'm open to anything right now. Mm-hmm. I would have never been open before that moment, mm-hmm. you know, to go to a church. And so I went to this place called Vu, Vu Church for the first time. Um, and I walked in and immediately I just started crying. Like I, I, I just felt like this sense of relief 
and I couldn't explain it because like, you know, even when the sermon started after they were singing, I was like, I don't like, this is not in alignment with like all the beliefs that I have had these last six years that I've mm. been, you know, in, in my spiritual path. Yeah. But for some reason, like I just, something about this feels really right. Mm. You know, like there's, there's truth to what they're saying. And mm. maybe, maybe I have been wrong about some things. And it was so like humbling for me to start like reconsidering what I had built my entire life on and my mm. entire identity on, mm. you know? And so I had a lot of cognitive dissonance, right? Of like, yeah. mm, like, I don't know, but, but my, my spirit is at ease. And at the very end of that service, they sang the song, this song that the lyrics were, I have a peace that surpasses all understanding. I was like, wow that actually perfectly accurately describes how I'm feeling right now. And so I just kept on going back. I kept going back because mm. it was the only place in, in like on Sunday in the middle, you know, at the end of my week that I found like something was, was healing me, like truly yeah. healing me and building me up and restoring my life. And so long story short, like I started, you know, reading about who, who is, this person, Jesus, that they keep on speaking about, yeah. you know, and like, why do all these people say that they have a relationship with him? And why do they all say like, it's not about religion, it's about a personal relationship with a living God, you know, a God who wants to know you, who mm. cares about you, who's just like waiting for you to um, open up to him, you know? And so this, I really love that they say like, God will give enough evidence to open those whose hearts are soft yeah. and ready, right. but not enough to infringe upon the, the free will that that we all have in order to decide whether we want God to be in our lives or not, mm -hmm. right? So it's like that fine line, because people always say like, oh, well, like, why isn't it more obvious? And it's like, yeah. well, in order for love to be able to exist, true love, genuine love, it has mm -hmm. to be a choice. And for us to be able to have the choice, there has yeah. to be there can't be way, way, way too much evidence, mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. then it wouldn't be a choice. And it was like, oh, okay, like, mm -hmm. you know, what do you, what do you think of that? Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. see you pondering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There won't be choice if it's, uh, if it's, uh, too, if it's clear. Yeah, if it's too much, like, you know, there has to be an element of faith. That's what they call it, mm -hmm. faith. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, like, if I open my heart yeah. and I'm willing, yeah then I will truly experience it, right? Seek and you shall find. Knock yeah. and the door shall be opened. Like, those are all scriptures, right? Yeah. And it's so true that like, because God respects our free will so much, God will not, uh, you know, force his way into our lives. Mm -hmm. It's something that like, most of the time it's like people when they when they hit rock bottom or when they go through an experience or they have a health crisis, that's mm -hmm. when we're like, we're finally like humble enough and softened enough yeah. to be open to asking for help right. beyond our own abilities outside right. of ourselves right right you know it's like when your rational mind is exhausted yeah. um and it's letting you just be yeah that's what that that's why probably psychedelics and ayahuasca and those other modalities work because they work directly with your silencing your ego that mind that's constantly analyzing and mm -hmm. rationalizing everything and god is not something in, of that domain, of the rational domain and something. Yeah, it's that. really not. Like he, he's not of the rational domain. It's, it's something that, you know, you, you'll have the people who are the most resistant ever yeah. to all of a sudden like finding faith and being like, I can't explain this, but I know that it is the truest thing that I've ever experienced. And 
Yeah. And like, I want to devote the rest of my life to this because it's so beautiful, uh-huh. you know, at least like that's that's what the last two years have been like for me. Like I found this relationship with God and experienced his presence in a way that I had never, ever previously experienced, mm-hmm. not through ayahuasca, not through psychedelics, not through 100 hours of meditation. Mm. It was through the person of Jesus Christ, like mm. who made it real to me, mm. you know, because even people who are non-believers, they will call Jesus, like a great leader, you know, he taught like the, the entire university system is based on, you know, kind of like the, the model of teaching mm-hmm. that they initiated, you know, during that time of scripture being written. For someone who doesn't know a whole lot about Wu Church, uh, I have people like yourself and a few others who are part of it and just seeing a little bit of uh, the content I haven't really like dove deep into. Mm-hmm. And it's also, I'm sure for a lot of listeners or people who are probably going to be watching this, what is Wu Church? How would you describe that? So Wu Church char- started eight years ago here in Miami. And the That's pastors, oh. yeah, yeah, it's a it's a baby church. And oh. like both of their parents have their own like churches and ministries uh, around like Florida and, and I think um, different parts of the states. Mm. And so they just decided like in their apartment in Edgewater, like oh. a few blocks away from here, they, they decided like, we need to create a church that speaks to the people who don't feel like they like fit in in the traditional square setting that maybe our parents and our grandparents grew mm-hmm. up in mm-hmm. and to be a bridge to those who who are far from God mm. to actually be open again and consider mm. that maybe there is something here mm-hmm. that maybe like there's truth here and they do an incredible job at making everyone feel super welcome. And at mm. the end of the day, it is a community that is built on values of love and service and selflessness and community and like um, celebration. And it's just I've never like I've never experienced what I've you know experienced there. The way that people mm. take care of each other, look out for each other, take each other under their wing. Like mm-hmm. people come, walk through those doors like broken or isolated and within a few weeks or months time like they come out like healed and restored and on the top of the mountain you know like really really and and it's because of that healthy community and because they end up you know having a personal relationship Mm -hmm. with god Mm through through the teachings what happens outside of uh the how do you call those meetings every su- Sunday that you have? The service. The service, yeah. yeah. Outside of those meetings, do you, do you guys still gather as like a sub-community, sub-little groups? Yeah, that's yeah. an amazing question. Yeah, so what they always say is that they want to make, you know, because a, a church is big, like there's a lot of people, there's yeah. at least 2,000, 3,000 people yeah. who go to the services. So it's like, how do you make uh, a big church community like, uh, real and tangible in a way that's effective in your life. Mm-hmm. And then they they have small groups and they're called VU crews. Mm. And so every other week there's, I don't I don't even know how many there are now, but there's so many groups. They mm. gather in different parts of Miami. Mm-hmm. I actually lead one in Brickell now um, as of uh, last year. Nice. And it's just been so amazing because uh, it allows you to go somewhere and like meet people. Maybe they've been going there for seven years, maybe mm-hmm. six years, maybe just two weeks Mm. maybe they've never even been to Vu, but they Mm. watch it online and they're like i'm gonna take the first step this seems less daunting let me go to a small group instead Mm -hmm. and 
like I've seen people become friends through it I've seen people like meet the love of their lives through these groups and like get married and now like have you know Mm -hmm. like their first baby on the way I've seen people have breakthrough and like even like connections of like job opportunities because like oh I know someone who can help you out okay like everyone just wants to like come together and like help each other and be like resourceful Mm -hmm. you know in that way Um, and what we do in those cruises we have a structure so we just follow like a a set of questions based on like the previous week's sermon or something Um, and then like at the end we talk about does anyone have anything that they need prayer for you know Mm -hmm. like is there anything that we can support you with that you're going through in your own life Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so for me before I became a crew leader I went through um, I went to a crew in Brickell and that was a place where I was able to ask all my questions like hey like I'm Mm -hmm. coming from this like really different background like Mm -hmm. I was into a lot of different spiritual things and tried a lot of different things and, mm-hmm. you know, lean more towards like a little bit of Buddhism, a little bit of that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like what, how do you answer all these questions? And they just like slow, like through, through love and through understanding and through like, like this is what we believe. And, yeah. and we believe that it leads to like a fruit, fruitful way of living mm-hmm. and like just ask God to show you, you mm-hmm. know, and, and like, he'll reveal himself to you Mm. and that's exactly what happened to me at the beginning I was super super like skeptical and resistant and I was like there's no way that I'm gonna like I'm not gonna be a church person or like a Christian I was like Mm -hmm. you know for me I had just always been I guess like Christianity can be very misrepresented um, in many, many circles. And Mm -hmm. because there have been things that have been done in the past Mm -hmm. that were not loving, you know, in the name of Christianity, when actually like nothing to do with who God is and nothing to do with what Jesus taught, right? And so I think that can put a lot of people off. Mm -hmm. But when you actually, you know, practice those ways of living, of service, of selflessness, of even like sacrifice, you know, in in the most beautiful sense of the word, Mm -hmm. of discipline, of gentleness, humility, right? Like you actually end up living in this state of perpetual grace because I don't, you're no longer like Mm -hmm. striving so much in your own power, but you're relying on, on something that's so much bigger than you, you know? So that was like a real, like God ended up healing my PTSD my panic attacks, everything, all the, everything that I was going through, mm. he healed and he restored. I remember there was a moment where I had to decide, mm. am I going to do like therapy, like biochemistry therapy, yeah. like ketamine therapy for yep. my brain to heal the PTSD? Sure. Because this is like a literal condition, like I was diagnosed with yeah. it. So am I going to do that or am I going to give God a chance? Because all, all yeah. these people that I'm meeting are saying God's a healer. And I'm mm. like, I don't know that. Like I mm. haven't like experienced that, mm. you know, I'm, and then I decided, you know what? I'm gonna give this 30 days. 30 I said days. I'm gonna I'm gonna live like and and believe like they do and try to understand and try to like, mm-hmm. you know, get in touch with the Creator in this way through prayer that they're saying. And I'm gonna see yeah. if it actually yield yields fruit. Right, right. And like over time in as little as like five or six weeks, my my whole life was already completely changing. Mm. And I was able to sleep peacefully at night. My my symptoms went away. My mind was clear. Everything in my life got turned around and changed for Mm -hmm. the better. It was it was literally a miracle, I have to say. Yeah, it sounds like um, when you feel disconnected from the source and uh, not supported, that's when Mm. all of the anxiety comes from, because you you think you're out there by yourself totally uh, right and then once you find that reconnection 
reconnect with the source with the with god um you which for me you know i still don't necessarily use that word to describe yeah probably very similar things um out there um but it does work for me it does work for me it's maybe i speak often to it through my higher self mm. uh, when i do get insights and messages i interpret mm. it as it comes yeah. through uh, my high, higher self yeah yeah i totally for me that was like the term that i would always uh use as well and like now we say like for me i refer to that as the holy spirit now mm -hmm. right it's funny because they have the same initials it's like hs right mm -hmm. and so yeah like when when that guidance just drops in and you're like mm -hmm. this did not come from me and this right. is like wow and you just feel such a deep sense of peace mm -hmm. you know when you are reliant on that on that spirit of god i feel like everything aligns and you're able to trust it you're able to really really trust it and let go of like the reins that we sometimes so tightly grip yeah what would you say from your experience was the highest uh, uh when you heard that voice the most when it was like like as obvious as someone's else just saying something to you well there were actually two experiences and i would yeah. say these were like my most like incredible undeniable encounters with god's presence that like i wouldn't like it was like unbelievable so one of them was during that actually maybe both of them were during that 30-day period that i was like okay i'm going to give this a try for 30 days mm -hmm. right and if not then i'm going to have to do like some mm -hmm. ketamine therapy Heavy or duty. something like yeah. that yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah and i remember we had driven up to this uh this other church that's like up in orlando um where where it's a, what they call a little bit more spirit-filled. So if Vu is a church that mm. is really intended to be a place that's welcoming for people who are completely new to the faith, right? Mm -hmm. It wants to be a bridge for people to start having a relationship with God. Then this one is kind of maybe a more mature church in the sense that it's like people who have been in the faith for a very, very long time. And also like a lot of, you know, I don't want to say super supernatural things, but yeah, you really do have like, you know, uh, encounters and miracles that they witness there. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I need a miracle. So like, I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah, going to yeah, yeah. check this out. Like, I don't right. even know what this it, world is mm. like. And I really am just understanding it. And I, I want to get as many data points as I can. Yep. You know, <laughs> my analytical brain was like, okay, right, right. you know, let's Let get all the data. All of the, all of the, what's it called? Uh, how do they call in like uh, CIA, like intelligence, all of the. Oh yeah. Evidence. Yeah. 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 Just all. all all the information and evidence I was like let me gather everything that I can and so we like drove up there oh, it took us like three or four hours and I actually drove with like four friends who previously were also kind of like they were like uh, ayahuasca ceremony leaders and like they were, had been on the spiritual path that I had been on mm. and so one of them had a dream of God uh, of Jesus like in the middle of the mm. night and then he mm. like started going to church and he left behind his previous life completely mm. and so it's very interesting that like this group of like five of us had mm. had like a radical change in our previous path and we're now like considering this it was very like we were like it's like are we you know like what are we doing do i know any of them well yeah you know um alba obviously right. um and then i don't think you know the other three or four i see but um but it's been interesting because i've had other people reach out to me now that i've been a little bit more open about my change in my my spiritual beliefs mm -hmm. um who said like hey like i've also had like this un inexplicable like change of my direction and mm -hmm. it was the last thing that i ever expected i'm like yeah <laughs> me too mm -hmm. trust me you know the last thing that i ever expected and so we drove to 
this place and I remember we were it was like the evening service and we were all there and mm. and every one of my like friends that I went with like they had already had like a revelation or a breakthrough and they were like wow oh my gosh God is so good he's so real this is incredible and mm. I'm there like why haven't I had like that yeah. experience yeah. yet you know I'm like and um and I just remember you know, I had to humble my heart because I was coming from such an intellectual place yeah. and such a hardened heart that that doesn't that doesn't work when you're trying mm. to have a conversation, you know, with the creator of the universe. It's like, OK, like you they say you have to have a, a posture of of humility because that's when we're actually able to soften our hearts to hear his mm. voice more clearly, mm. you know. And so um, I just remember I said, you know, OK, like I. I give up like what is it what what do I have to do like I really really just want to want to experience this and I don't I want to believe and I want to get healed and I want to like just understand you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, all of a sudden I I heard like I don't know like everything in the room shifted and it was like the air just changed and the room got filled with like the like the thickness of God's presence and I can't say that before this moment that I ever had like an experience of what like holiness feels like but in this moment I was like whoa oh my god like wow now I know why people say oh my god because like that was like almost the only thing that I could say was like wow like like god is so real like who did I think I was thinking that like you know and and I could like feel his wisdom and his presence and how he's bigger than everything and I just remember like I almost like felt like I had to like kneel down because it was such a beautiful mm. loving presence that I was like I just I was filled with reverence and awe you know mm. and I had never ever ever experienced anything like that before I was like whoa mm. this is this is this is real mm. you know and I remember hearing a voice in that moment what we call the Holy Spirit saying like this is my presence don't f don't forget what it feels like mm -hmm. and i just started bawling i just started Whoa. crying and crying and crying and crying and like something of experiencing that depth of love like healed something so deep in my soul that i walked out of there a different person like i walked out of mm. there with a peace that i had not felt in years and with a fullness and a joy of like wow like a deep part of me has now been healed forever and I'll never be the same you mm. know oh. it was so beautiful like and I remember I like called my parents the next day and uh and I was like guys I'm like I, I said I'm so sorry that I've like thought that I knew better and mm -hmm. that uh, that I haven't always like honored you the way that you guys deserve to be honored like mm -hmm. you guys have been incredible you're the best parents ever like mm -hmm. I just had an encounter with God yesterday and I just realized family is the most important thing in the world and I'm so yeah. grateful for you guys and I'm weeping and they're crying on FaceTime and it's just like the most beautiful moment and like from that moment on I was like okay I think I'm convinced now like this is something that I'm gonna have to like really continue to truly and mm. genuinely give a chance and explore mm because already this is enough for me to to like it's already like been beyond all the other things the millions of things that I've already given a try you know like mm -hmm. the different types of therapy psychedelics like all of that I was like wow this is like there's something there's something really really he special here you mm -hmm. know like the 
never experienced anything and like what, that. What about that space that where that happened? Uh, is it about people with strong faith coming together and amplifying that uh, portal? Like, how, how would you describe why, why does that happen wow. there? That's a that's a really great question. I'm full of great questions if you didn't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> Although I actually I'm not full of uh, great questions. I don't store questions. They just come through me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> through the Holy Spirit, through your higher self. Yes, we can agree on <laughs> HS, right? I think that it goes back to that, like, seek and you shall find. Mm-hmm. And when there's a group of people in a state of an open heart and expectancy mm. and just this softness where they're like, God, like, we love you, we worship you, we thank you for everything that you've done in our lives. Like, we just have so much, like, awe and respect for you and, and how you've changed our lives. When you're in an environment like that, like, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's like God's presence just is able to show up in a way that that transforms the room and that sets a lot of people free. Because I know one of the friends who, who went with us, she had had, like, a an addiction to weed for like every single day in like every day in and out mm-hmm. and she like basically after a prayer after that like going to church she never smoked weed ever again like to this day like it was like an addiction was broken off in an instant something that she had tried to quit so many times for s- decades mm. broken off of her because mm. that's what the power of god can do mm-hmm. you know it's like oh here i was trying to do it in my own strength trying to like force my way through it and white knuckle you know like white knuckle my way through it and the moment that like you genuinely are willing to ask god for help and let go of your pride because the reason we often don't ask god for help is because we want to do things ourselves Mm -hmm. you know like it it can easily i know that at least for me like i was like you know i'm i'm the one who's leading my own life and man i feel more empowered than ever before now because I lean on God mm-hmm. and not on myself. Like, I, I, I don't lean on even my own understanding. I lean on the wisdom that God reveals, you know? Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do we create uh, more spaces and, and uh, situations like that in the world? How do we multiply that? I don't know. Is there a chance? Like, or is that uh, a natural I mean, that's way? what God wants. Like, that's right. God's heart is that all his children would like want a relationship with him you know like it's as simple as saying a prayer and saying god if you're real show me like that is you know the most real prayer that has changed and transformed the most lives if we're talking about like the power of transformation and we look at all the different methods that we have for that be it personal development be it therapy be it healing being this like whatever it is Mm -hmm. like i don't i don't think i've ever seen transformation the way that i have seen like even on youtube the amount of thousands and thousands and thousands of testimonies of people saying hey one day i said this prayer and my life was radically changed afterwards and i'm a different person now Mm. like they have they have freedom from mental uh mental illnesses Mm -hmm. uh, from addictions from unhealthy relationships from anything that you can imagine and it's like that's that's the, the love of God does that mm-hmm. completely changes us from the inside out and is able to set us free, you know, mm. is able to liberate us in a way that we've never mm. been free before. And so w- to answer your question, like, yeah. how can we actually multiply that? Yeah. I think that like when we like I'm, 
they call it a testimony, right? When someone shares what God has done in their lives, mm-hmm. it opens up like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't know that was possible. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like, if someone shares a story that's similar to yours or you can relate to it, then you start reconsidering, like, I've been close to this my whole life or I've maybe thought different things my whole life, but yeah. this person is sharing that they were able to overcome their addiction mm-hmm. through that or their PTSD through that or, or you know, they used to feel a void and they would fill it with materialism and now they're a different person and they all have the same common denominator mm-hmm. and that is having a relationship with God, a personal one with them, with, with God. Mm-hmm. And that really just comes from a soft heart genuinely seeking and wanting to have a relationship mm-hmm. because you will you will not be disappointed w- when you when you have that intention like it's it's real it's interactive like god becomes like a like a best friend i have not felt alone ever yeah since that moment you know that i that i let god into my life would you say so i know that wood church is really big on putting up like a stage uh, creating amazing media to mm. promote mm. Uh, and i think that's a big part of their success to really blow up this uh, movement and message yeah. and uh, find the right people so maybe uh, not to put uh, words into your mouth um, spread this awareness through kind of well-crafted media that yeah 100 percent. and and i think that you have to meet every generation where they're at yeah. you have to look at our society and our culture and you have to really ask god for guidance like how can i get creative and, and reach people who don't think that they that there's an answer there or that mm-hmm. they don't need it mm-hmm. and like be that bridge for them to be reconnected to what you said their source right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and like the pastors at um at Vu church will often say that like hey we know that we have you know great branding and an awesome incredible band that does beautiful music and mm-hmm. we know that you know there's a lot of like different things that might be the reason that you walked in here mm-hmm. but ultimately it's not about that we only do it for for your heart to arrive at a place where you, you're open to considering mm-hmm. entering into a personal relationship with god mm-hmm. right and so you really have to meet people where they're at and so i think that they've done an amazing job at designing their outreach in that way in a city like Miami where most would say that can be lacking a relationship with God and, and you know, love and selflessness and humility. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what most people would associate with, with our city. And if you have to think about um, human evolution um, and our connection to God as like a, a, a thread throughout mm-hmm. that process, uh, it's uh, it feels like um, connection to God is like almost like a s- sign function goes up and down and go p- people forget and then they remember mm. again. Is that how you see it? Do you think, or, or is there a different process? Well, that's a, I don't know if I have. I can try to yeah, think I, of an answer to that. I would say that God is writing a story throughout human history, mm-hmm. and you know we've our generation maybe has lived in times that didn't have war directly and now all of a sudden that's happening again right Mm -hmm. and what that really does is it shakes us up and it makes us like go off of autopilot Mm -hmm. and think about like the deeper things in life and Mm -hmm. like you know beyond just like oh social media this and that and entertainment it's like oh no like lives are at stake like things are happening in the world and so i think that 
sometimes the way that humanity works is like things have to get worse before they get better mm -hmm. because unless we hit that threshold we don't wake up right. we can easily be on autopilot and just kind of like oh well like not not until like for me like not until i hit rock bottom mm -hmm. was i able to say a prayer reach out and have my life completely transformed yeah. you know and so i think in our own lives it is a pendulum swing right we're like like you're gonna either yeah. learn the hard way or the easy way but it's like yeah. usually we're more receptive in those times of, of challenge yeah. to be able to ask for help. Do you see, uh, what do you see in the near term kind of future for humanity? Is it, are things gonna get much worse before they get better? Is that kind of how you see it? I, I really don't actually have the answer yeah. for that. I, in my circles, I have seen more people turn to God, people who never ever thought that they would. Mm. And that for me is an answered prayer and a huge blessing to see and be a part of. I don't, I don't know, like, at a grand level, at a mass level, where people's hearts are. Because I know that, like, you know, you, for example, you're a person who cares a lot about these types of things and these types of questions and creating content that's conscious and that spreads awareness mm -hmm. and that seeks to make the world a better place. Unfortunately, that's not where everyone's attention is right now because mm -hmm. we live in a society where the media is designed to make us uh, have our attention on fleeting pleasures mm -hmm. and fulfillments rather than like long lasting true foundation of of peace and security yeah right and so i think it really you know it's it's dependent upon the person and mm -hmm. if i was you know i'm only the product of my environment yeah. i feel very blessed that i grew up in a home that where I've, I've had, you know, great parents who modeled great values and have always mm -hmm. been people of integrity, people of service, people of generosity, you know, but that isn't, that isn't the standard, you know, that right. isn't the, the thing that we see all across the board. And so I see it as like my sense of duty of like, oh, like I have to like be of service to those who didn't grow up with that because mm -hmm. it was a gift. You know, I didn't earn that in any way. Right. It was just the, the cards that I was dealt. I, I would uh, interpret it a little bit differently. You chose uh, that family before you came here, and you dealt your own cards or your spirit or your uh, non-physical part of you before coming in here, chose the, the place and time uh, to continue evolving in this dimension. Yeah. I I, I honor that and yeah. I respect that yeah. and that that's exactly what I would have said yeah, two years ago yeah. and I guess my version of it now is God put me in this family at mm. this specific point in history mm. in order to become a part of the story that he's been writing since the beginning of creation towards right this moment now mm -hmm. in order to point people back to the, the source of love mm. that is in my opinion the only solution that we really really have to turn around society because i that's what happened to my in my life at a micro level mm -hmm. and in the lives of millions and millions of others who i've watched their testimonies on youtube and ex met at church yeah. right their stories and if he was able to do it for me and for all those millions of others yeah. those radical changes those turnaround moments mm -hmm. and those transformations then then i know that he can do that in any person mm -hmm. because i've seen you know even testimonies of people who were 
murderers and like who had very very dark pasts and the moment that they were willing to receive god's grace and like god changes your heart's desires Mm -hmm. your personality your character and then he turns your story into part of evidence for his existence what 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 do you think would happen if everyone or at least the majority of people connect back to the source what do i think would happen yeah would that be kind of the end of um i mean it would be the end of suffering (laughs) and maybe the end of history because then there will be no more need to be here i don't know Mm. what's your interpretation that's a very existential question (laughs) man i mean all i can say is that like just me having a relationship with God in this way these last few years has made heaven like earth feel like heaven Mm -hmm. you know like I I don't feel in lack or need anymore I'm not bothered in the ways that I used to be bothered I'm not even like seeking or striving in the way that I used to strive Mm -hmm. I just know that like I'm here to be a vessel for his love and be his hands and feet and like even if that means something that I don't necessarily like feel like doing and it's like okay well turn around and, and go help that lady or you know whatever mm-hmm. it's like i will i will do it because i i know that the voice that guides me has a reason for it you know but i mean wow I, if if all of us turned back and we filled that god-shaped hole that we have we'd be living in utopia you know yeah because it feels like you know your purpose our purpose here to discover maybe um is, uh, using your your terms that you know, God created us and uh, now we need to spread this knowledge and help more people discover that. What happens at the end of that journey, of that work? Well, like, realistically, I don't even know if everyone is receptive or would be receptive to turning back to God. You know, like, some people really, like, don't want to have anything to do with that at all and they would rather have their simple life pleasures or their addictions or their coping mechanisms or things that they lean on. I don't think that I am like well versed enough in like scripture and things like that yet in order to have an answer for that Mm -hmm. question. All I know is that I have like complete peace over the future because I know that the heart of life is good. I know that the creator is loving and he wants all of us to experience his love. And that's why it's like it's our responsibility once we find that source and that answer to spread it to those people who still feel, you know, like wounded or broken or lost or captive. What would you say if I ask you uh, what is wrong with the world? (laughs) So I, I love I love this question because it's kind of something that I have been thinking a lot about since we since we last spoke. I think in order to talk about what's wrong with the world, we also have to look at like, how did we actually get here, mm-hmm. right? Like what are the th- sources that led to the problems that we now see in our world, right? Sure. At, at, in its simplest way, I would say right now, we are like, the biggest problem is like, there's a love deficit, right? There's a connection deficit. Why? Because technology is so widespread that it can become a, an inhibitor to our connection rather than a support Mm -hmm. of our human connection, Mm -hmm. which I know that you strongly believe in as well. It it can be used for good or for bad, right? Mm Because you use media in ways to connect people, which is beautiful. Um, But when it comes to mindlessly scrolling on things Mm -hmm. and 
ads and marketing and things like that and mm-hmm. things that don't necessarily promote the values of harmony and peace and connection and yeah. healthy relationships, then it's not really, you know, useful. I would say that we see, well, so in terms of problems, we might see like broken homes, mm-hmm. right, where maybe one of the parents is physically absent or emotionally absent. We're also looking at people with more addictions than ever before. We're more depressed and medicated than ever before. More mental health issues than ever before, right? Mm -hmm. Those are some of the problems. Mm -hmm. A focus on materialism as a way to fill a void when actually any billionaire will tell you at the end of their road that that wasn't it, right? Mm -hmm. That that didn't lead to filling their void. So those are some, I would say, but it's like, how did we actually get here? Like, what were the sources if we go back, like, how did we arrive at this point? No. I would say that there's two or three main things. The first one would, would be the world wars that we saw mm-hmm. at the beginning of the 1900s, yeah. right? Um, and in the middle, um, be that World War One, World War Two, Vietnam War, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, what that, those wars led to was a devaluing of human life, right? Because two countries are going to war with each other or mm-hmm. multiple companies going to war with each other, mm-hmm. countries. Mm-hmm. And it leads to generations that are heavily impacted in terms of PTSD, Mm -hmm. right? Post-war generations. So people who had parents who were in the wars, they have parents who were never the same after that. You know, like my grandmother, she was, um, I remember her family like housed and helped a Jewish family stay safe in Holland during World War II, Mm -hmm. you know? And like people being in bunkers and hiding and like all this stuff, obviously that's going to heavily impact Mm-hmm. your your yeah. life, your world perception and all of that. So sure. I think we are the product still. This generation is the product of fathers or grandfathers who were in the wars. Mm-hmm. So they either were had po- parents who were physically absent or emotionally absent. Yeah. And when you have a home that has those things missing, children grow up with a lack of validation or a lack of feeling loved or a lack of safety. Mm-hmm. And the way that we are designed is that we need love. We need presence and we need connection. When we don't have that from a parent, it will create a rift in us. Mm -hmm. And we will try to fill that void through overcompensating through our achievements or through being, you know, like we'll create just different ways, like addictions, you know, on the on the south end sometimes. And Mm -hmm. like what our society might consider the the north end or the positive end is achievements. Um, But it's all kind of all these ways to try to like get attention or get validation that maybe we were missing when mm-hmm. we were when we were younger and also like the father figure in the family is the one who gives us our our sense of like direction uh, our sense of uh, worth because our mom is there to nurture and love us but our father is there to affirm our personality and our identity mm-hmm. and to give us direction and and um, courage to go out into the world mm-hmm. and mature right and so if we're missing that element in a lot of different families, and you can already imagine that it's going to create a lot of people, a lot of children who go out into the world um, and become adults, quote unquote, yeah. who are leaning on coping mechanisms and addictions yep. and or, or overly striving through achievement, getting burnt out, overworking, yep. right? Trying to gain money, maybe even at other people's expense, mm-hmm. right? We can see all types of things. Mm-hmm. So you can already see how that's one big source, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that has led to where we are now. Yep. I would say the other thing, which, and, and this might be a very like unusual mm-hmm. thing to mention, but the invention of uh, like 
birth control and contraceptive. Hmm. If you look at how it impacted society, of course it was created as a way to prevent unwanted pregnancies, which yeah. would lead to, you know, maybe a broken family or some or like someone, you know, having to be put into a foster home and things like that. But it's almost like when you create a solution in society for one thing, you don't know what other problems are going to yeah, come from second it. Second degree effect, yeah. Mm-hmm. Third degree effect, exactly. Yeah. And so at at large, what we saw after the invention of, you know, the birth control pill or the condoms, and that was like at the end of the 1800s or er, like the 1940s or something, there was like a revolution that relationships between humans for the first time in history were able to be solely based on pleasure Mm -hmm. and transactional hedonistic purposes. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like no longer is the expectation like, like lifelong commitment because there can be a serious responsibility or that comes from this interaction because yeah. there could be a child that's born. No, it's like now we can freely enjoy each other, but also that means that if you take that to an extreme, it means mm. that relationships can become transactional. People mm. can be reduced to objects for our for our own pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. And it erodes the like expectation of commitment in society. Mm. And so we have people, you know, now we all walk around saying like, oh, yeah, like I have commitment phobia or whatever. It's like mm. that like commitment and and like families are the bedrock of society, of a healthy functioning society. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's 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 what our society is built on is like history and um, family nucleus, you know. Um, and so when that's eroded and there's no longer commitment because we've made things so like transactional Mm -hmm. um and so like pleasure-based without like the 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 depth that can also go hand in hand with that like Mm -hmm. how how long have you and monica been married now married for since 2016 um seven seven years years. amazing 10 together yeah that's incredible like you know like that is that is a beautiful thing and it's a feat and not yeah. like and you guys have commitment towards each other mm-hmm. and that builds things mm-hmm. like out of commitment and connection and unity great things are built so mm-hmm. if we are now having a model of society where the norm is to not have commitment yeah. and it's just fleeting short-term interactions and mm-hmm. polyamory right I, I, I know that I know a lot of people who have danced and dabbled in those environments too. And, you know, at the end of the day, like we were, we're made for love and love has a very, um, like it's fertile soil is commitment because then there's Mm -hmm. safety within commitment without Mm -hmm. commitment. There isn't safety. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I would say that that's also one of those things that had a a ripple effect from the early 1900s to a hundred years later where we Mm -hmm. are now. Mm -hmm right um in terms of the way that that our relationships have also been maybe weakened a little bit by technology like we talked about before there's yeah. been mass advertising mass consumerism mm-hmm. um and social media and mm-hmm. the re- repercussions of that mm-hmm. so we go back again to okay what are the problems we have now addictions coping mechanisms distractions right yep. broken homes no com- no commitment to build a healthy society on that that is putting forward healthy values, uh, mental health problems, uh, more medicated and depressed than ever before. And so like we can think of practical ways to address each of those problems and you know, governments try and they, yeah. they come up with programs and they 
you know, look at different systems to put in place. And you might look at the home, for example. Okay, like, how do we target the home? Well, like, let's, you know, create programs or something that's going to help a family to have healthier communication and yeah. conflict resolution. You can also put that in schools, right? Mm -hmm. Have in schools um, more soft skills, more um, conflict resolution as well. Just different life skills uh, yeah. that can create make them a healthier, whole human being, yeah. right? Um, we can look at the area of personal development, which also has an, a lot of, you know, incredible effects. Like when someone takes personal responsibility and they go either through therapy or through or they seek healing or they dive into personal development in order to improve themselves mm -hmm. well when we improve ourselves we become a part of society a better functioning member of society able to contribute more mm -hmm. right and so we do have all of those you know different ways i guess i would kind of like put it back on you i don't know if people usually ask you questions yeah. but what would you say is a desired vision of mankind for, mm -hmm. for society to operate in what what way what would you say yeah would you say it's the same question as uh what is the best case scenario future for humans mm -hmm. it's kind of like yeah that. exactly yeah there are different aspects of that future uh that i, I like to uh, look at community is a big one uh, people live in meaningful groups communities of support and uh, deep human connection is everywhere. Um, you know your neighbors. You trust everyone. Uh, there's a this layer of uh, transparency among all humans on which uh, deep trust is built. Mm -hmm. There's a deep integration with nature, reintegration, uh, because we were integrated with nature at some point, and then us. Um, I, I think the evolutionary progress like uh, the technological evolution we're still basically toddlers learning how to walk mm -hmm. uh, it's such a new thing if you put it on the scale of evolution mm -hmm. we're just uh, making a lot of mistakes we're at the point at the stage of uh, f falling a lot and mm -hmm. figuring out what works and what doesn't yeah like infancy. Um, yeah, and so I see the future in which we finally uh, recognize that all of the ways how we should be using technology in order to bring us closer to mm -hmm. our source, uh, to our essence, which is not this physical mm -hmm. version of us. The physical is more of like a, a version that manifests in this dimension, but we are um, this essence that goes it's it, multidimensional mm. goes through different dimensions mm -hmm. and it just has a body in this dimension yeah. that uh, and so i see our way of using technology is that brings us closer and closer to our own essence mm -hmm. by uh, in fact you can interpret what already is happening as the path towards it and yeah. i'll give you an example the more we simulate and replicate human function uh, like creativity and other functions before we thought only humans are able to do that and now we say like oh you know certain functions computers can do even better than most humans mm -hmm. which means what we thought is a deeply like human function is replicable by right so we were we were off on the definition what it means to be human mm -hmm. uh, and it uh, basically 
peels off the layers of our understanding. It g- gets us closer and closer to what is that that source that can be replicated mm-hmm. by technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, the soul, the, sp- the yeah, spiritual yeah. dimension. And then maybe at some point we'll get so close to the soul and it will be some other more even closer to the core of, of what maybe there will be another interpretation of what's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, will be more distinctions uh, the closer we get to the to the source of the essence. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I would describe that like getting closer to the essence as like like getting closer and closer in your relationship to God, right? To the source. Like the moments like that I lean on God and I just feel so, so, so close to him. It's like, wow, like I literally feel like I'm in heaven. I, I, mm. I don't even feel like a physical, you know, body. It's just like mm-hmm. I'm just one with the source of, of love. And it's so incredible to be able to, able to experience that through a constant ongoing friendship and connection and relationship you mm-hmm. know with with god on the day-to-day through mm-hmm. prayer through awareness through reading scripture for me and i you know i would say i would add a few things to what you said of like this ideal mm-hmm. uh, vision of mankind is like yep. having a society where people feel whole healthy yep. and happy right that's really what most people would want that yep. for, for their lives one where they are using their unique god-given gifts to help others because there's so much joy and fulfillment that is found in serving, mm-hmm. right? And a society that takes care of those who can't take care of themselves. When, like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. helping those who need help. Because mm-hmm. I remember being in a place where I could not even help myself. Mm-hmm. And like, Vu and God and that community put mm-hmm. my pieces back together. Mm-hmm. And now I've been able to lead a VU crew and help a lot of people mm-hmm. who arrive in many pieces and with love and with service, we help put them back together, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think the reason that for me, I I believe so strongly in like what I've witnessed and what I've experienced and what I've seen for my friends and what I've seen in these stories uh, of testimonies on YouTube is, mm-hmm. is that like God's love can fill the void that wherever we're lacking because of whatever thing that happened in our past or in our home or with our parents or whatever mm-hmm. fills the void of that love god's power can break any addiction off of our lives because that addiction is only coming from like a coping mechanism because of a, a void mm-hmm. and god's spirit is able to guide us in a way that doesn't only benefit ourselves but also benefits everyone around us Mm -hmm. and makes us better people because like once you experience how he loves you realize like oh wow like that's like a whole other level of of what love means and what love is and how i can Mm -hmm. you know like it's almost like uh, what you were saying earlier it's like being disconnected from the source it's like when you're reconnected to the vine we call it the vine um, like being a branch that's mm-hmm. reconnected to its source love flows out of you and is able to like pour out because you are connected to the infinite source of love mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um so it's no longer in your own strength or in your own striving and your own efforts but it's like oh wow like this love that's coming through me is not even is not exhaustible because mm-hmm. it's not coming from me yeah it's coming through you exactly uh-huh um, and uh, where do you see the whole, like, how do you understand the evolutionary process? What's the direction? What's the, the ultimate 
place where are we going? Like, where where are we going with all of this? <laughs> I love your questions. These are only like the most, you know, yeah, existential, like epic, important, existential, epic. Yeah. 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 Where do I think we're going? Maybe, maybe I'll uh, share a little bit about what I think and where that question comes from. Yeah, so I have my own understanding and it's not just my own. I, you know, um, obviously acquired it from reading and hearing other people share their opinion. And what resonates with me is this, this process of us going through basically almost like it's a journey through dimensions, through different layers of, of the whole spectrum. And it goes from a right now we're in this we, we were a lot more in the physical dimension we were just handling things picking up rocks throwing stones and things like that and then over time we've been occupying this um, other dimension like mental spaces mm-hmm. and uh, cognitive spaces it's like maslow's hierarchy of needs mm-hmm. right hitting the survival yeah beyond that then self-actualization exactly and yeah and through that process, I feel like we existing in more and more subtle layers of, of reality uh, to the point where maybe our consciousness will just escape this this one, not mm-hmm. even escapes, just leaves the to to the other other mm-hmm. realms uh, in in which maybe those spirits and and yeah yeah so that's kind of how I see it's it. It's interesting because like if we look at ancient. Egypt and like well they talk about how the spirituality back then was like such a high level and they had technology mm-hmm. that was like beyond you know what mm-hmm. what we know now um and yet like humanity didn't dissolve into mm-hmm. like you know a spiritual dimension um and like I I guess I can only speak from the vantage point that I'm at now yeah. right because I I I think we used to have maybe much more similar perspectives in that and I hear yeah. and I'm like yeah that's like exactly what mm-hmm. what I um, would have uh, said word for word myself as well uh, a couple of years ago and I think I always I love to look at and I think I've mentioned this before but like near-death experiences mm-hmm. and what people who have you know maybe they were clinically dead from an accident and then they mm-hmm. were in another state and they come back right and yeah. and I've read books and books and studies and reports yeah. on this and I'm fascinated with the topic because it's like okay who's gonna tell us more than anything what's on the other side it's like people who have been there yeah. for a little while and then came back right. you know um, and they actually just released a new movie called After Death mm-hmm. um, in the cinemas it's literally in the cinemas right now I oh, went cool. to see it it's it's really well done you've um, seen it yeah amazing. amazing cinematography wonderful stories yeah yeah Great. stories of people who had been to the other side and, and came back and what they all share mm. is that um well there's people who have positive experiences and people who don't have such positive experiences mm-hmm. which is very in alignment with what maybe we believe in the faith of like there's there's a happy after place heaven yeah. and there's a not so happy after place right mm-hmm. and people compare that as well to like that's just like a symbol for like you know you can create that on earth depending on what you focus your mind on like Mm -hmm. if your mind is on heavenly things Mm -hmm. you experience heaven on earth and things Mm -hmm. like that i don't know i don't think any of us can truly say Mm -hmm. right like uh, with full certainty because we really don't know what's on the other side of the veil Mm -hmm. and this is why i love to look at these examples and what they say at least the people who have been like who literally experience heaven in this beautiful place like Mm -hmm. They experience more love than they've ever felt in the ent- their entire lives. They are faced with 
a person um, or a being very often even if the person was not um like of faith or of uh, any specific background yeah they say like this was the last thing I, ex- I expected but i saw jesus and they're like i'm not even like i'm a buddhist i don't know why i saw mm-hmm. jesus like there's obviously different experiences some people just see a light right yeah. um but what always happens is that the person the being god says you have to go back mm-hmm. in order to love mm-hmm. like you still have like you still have loving to do and so that shows us like the main thing that we're here to do mm-hmm. is to love and to spread love you know people people will come back from those experiences sometimes they they're like how can i be in this world like i don't want to be here i want to be back in that incredible state of love with yeah. with the my creator i want right. to be back there right. and other people come back and they're like i have to tell everyone i have to tell everyone mm-hmm. what amazing beautiful thing is waiting on the other side of this that like we but that, that we don't even have to wait until we get there that we can already start having a relationship with that source with that yeah. source of love yeah. right now you know uh, yeah. and that's why they say like sometimes when we pray and i felt this many times at like vu and different um places of worship because we we now host like a prayer group um every week here in miami we've been doing it almost a year now and like it's that posture of humility and of like on reverence that it literally feels like heaven is touching earth mm-hmm. right and i th- i believe that we were made to be in relationship with our creator mm-hmm. and that we can walk every single day mm-hmm. conversing with god mm-hmm. being guided by god yeah. um being used for god's purposes yeah and that like there's no greater joy than just being in relationship with him it's not about striving it's yeah. not about gaining more knowledge it's not about um evolving even i used to think like oh yeah this is just for my spirit to expand and for my vibration to rise and like i'm just like my soul is evolving like now what i've believed like you know yeah. is the vantage way that i've been in the last two years is always yeah. oh, actually just about deepening my relationship with god mm-hmm. deepening my relationship with the creator mm-hmm. more and more every single day mm. and like nothing you know i i i prefer that so much more even if someone were to tell mm-hmm. me like hey like that's that's not like mm-hmm. what life is. i'm like well i would still choose this because this is the most incredible thing that i've ever experienced i'm no longer trying mm-hmm. to strive and gain more knowledge and gain more you know evolution for my soul really for me it's just been like wow like there are infinite depths and layers to god's mm-hmm. love and to get closer and closer in relationship with him on the day to day and what a miracle and what a blessing it is mm-hmm to be to be able to have that for the rest of my life to mm-hmm. have him as my best friend mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and to and to be in a community of other people who have the same relationship with god and like you know it's what we say is that the holy spirit will like speak to someone and they can also they like he speaks to everyone and yeah. so i might say something like oh i was actually thinking of creating this or like i i really thought that maybe we should go on this trip or um i really feel like i need to like give this to you like gift this to you and it's like yeah. you know like yeah the same message god will give the same message to someone else because mm-hmm. we're just like attuned or listening yeah. you know intuitively if if you have to think about manifested love that you can kind of measure like what how much love gets manifested here because love is infinite right right but certain amount of love gets uh poured out into this world Mm -hmm. over time do you think 
the amount of light love have been staying the same? It's been getting more or less like intuitively what comes up for you? You mean from like the beginning of humanity to now, like over, over yeah, history? Yeah, over like, yeah, through human evolution, through... So it's interesting because I think that we see like, you know, 200 years ago, we didn't have the media that we have now to be able to see what's happening around the entire world, yep. right? So we would have had a very limited perspective. But then now that we have media, we also have to be careful because mm. I think that news outlets can can also skew, or skew like, and right. perpetuate a lot of fear right. as if that's all that's happening around the world when actually it's not, right? It's fear-mongering. Mm. Yep. And so I don't know if I have like an accurate depiction, description of that because mm -hmm. I actually am sitting right here in Miami and I don't know what's going on around the entire world. Yeah. People in um, Australia, Mauritius, Spain, Holland, Hawaii, like I don't know yeah. what the actual global consensus is what the what yeah. the balance is whether there's more light than darkness right now yeah all i can say is that i do see i don't know like based off of like youtube and people sharing their stories yeah. of like having incredible life experiences where they're like waking up and mm -hmm. like finding god or finding love and like being pulled away from maybe their previous lifestyle i feel like god's family is growing you know right. the people who who choose to be what we call like the kingdom of heaven, it's growing because people are waking up. Because once you're in a, once you have gone through a period of disconnection or rock bottom, mm -hmm. you will start seeking the light. And the only way from there is up. And so you start asking the deeper questions and you start, like you said, considering not just the survival, but like the mm -hmm. grander questions in life. Mm -hmm. So I do think as a whole, I see more awakening and more people wanting the truth and mm -hmm. wanting love. But again, like, yeah, that might just be yeah. a function of the algorithm of what I'm fed For sure. on my yeah. phone or, or on your YouTube, perception. or simply because I've been in this community yeah. at VUA the last two years and right. I see our church growing and growing and right. more of the people that I love are coming to nice. this realization and my friends and like whatnot. So it's like, hmm. Like, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. my hope is that, yes. Yeah, right. And would you say there's a direct propor uh, proportion relationship between consciousness and love? Like the more conscious we become, the more love gets to come through us? I would say so, yeah. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it depends how you define, like, consciousness. But, like, I would say the more aware and the less autopilot that we become, the less distracted that we become, the more that we realize that, like, love is the most important thing mm -hmm. um, and it's the reason that we're here I would like to think that w the more humans evolve the more conscious they become in general terms uh, there are certain forces and things that kind of go against that misuse of technology and, and uh, make us feel distracted and yeah not present is certainly not helping but I think generally the more access we have to knowledge uh, the more aware we become, and that maybe is also help helping with expanding love. Know. You know, like, I think all the information that could ever be out there is out there now because of the internet being so, like, widespread. Yeah. And it's out there, and yet people aren't applying it. And I think mm. that something actually has to change in the hearts of the people, in the souls of the people, mm -hmm. in order to 
have an inclination to put that right information and mm. those right values into practice as a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So like we can have all the technology we want, but if we don't have a soul change, it wouldn't make a difference because, you know, look at all the terrible things that still happen in our world. I saw the movie The Sound of Freedom earlier this year. I don't know if you've heard Not of it. Yeah. It's uh, it's about like child trafficking. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Um, with Jim Caviezel right, and Tim Ballard. And I saw that movie and Kirill, I'm telling you, at the end when the credits were rolling, I like felt God's heartbreak over mm -hmm. what's happening in the world mm -hmm. and that it's it's happening right now and it's all around the world yeah. and we're just like living our lives because it's not in front of us yes. and it's not directly correlated to us so yeah. it doesn't impact our day-to-day -day, but there's millions of children like the way that they show it in the movie is it's just so brilliantly done because mm -hmm. it's such a terrible topic yeah but they show it in a way that's like s suggestive, not direct and like, you know, traumatizing, yeah, but right, like right. they really show you, hey, this is a reality. Mm -hmm. This is a true fact of reality. And like there's people who are consuming this kind of content and who are in the market for this. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, like an eight year old girl, like being in a hotel room and ha like 11 times a day, different visitors, you know, like it's horrifying. Wow, and that uh, industry is growing because you can sell a child for thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm. And so that's why kids get kidnapped off the street in, you know, mm -hmm. Colombia or um, Ecuador or wherever, you know, where and, and they're smuggled into countries where people with money are able to, like, act on these impulses. Yeah. And so it's like, when you ask that question, like, do you think the world is getting better the more that we evolve with technology? I'm like, mm -hmm. well, like, like, Mm -hmm. Now that I know that these things are happening mm -hmm. and I have like friends in the church who are involved in these types of uh, help initiatives, you yeah. know, where they go and they yeah. help the kids like uh, when, when they're yeah. rescued to yeah. be able to uh, be reintroduced to society and heal and like yeah. be in like a like emotional rehab. Mm -hmm. Right. It's something that like I can't disconnect from anymore. And so at the end of that movie, I literally like I my heart was breaking my heart was literally I had never felt so heartbroken in my whole life mm -hmm. knowing that this was happening and uh like the credits were rolling and everyone just started you know standing up and walking away and I was sitting there crying mm -hmm. weeping but it didn't even feel like my own grief it felt like like God's grief of like this is happening on on earth uh, and, and like amongst my children, you know, my creation, mm -hmm. and it breaks God's heart. And like there were, I remember there were two girls next to me and they were like talking about like, oh yeah, I, I need to like get a new apartment because like I don't like the view from my apartment. I'm like, it's not even been 10 seconds mm -hmm. that this movie has finished. And already, you know, their mind is already somewhere else mm -hmm. instead of like, what can I do? How yeah. can I be a part of the solution, right. you know? And like, when I tried to stand up, everyone had already left. And uh, I tried to stand The people had come in to, like, clean the cinema and everything. And I'm sitting there and I'm still crying. I tried to stand up. Girl, I fell to my knees from how much I was crying. I literally was bent over, weeping, weeping. And we were supposed to go have dinner after that because we went with a, with a few friends. And I said, guys, I, I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. Uh, I need to go home right now. I need to pray. I need to, I need to ask God, like... Mm -hmm. what to do right now because this is just breaking my heart mm -hmm. so I drove home 
And I just like collapsed on the floor and I said, I need to hear you right now, God. I need to hear you speak. Like, this can't be real. This can't be happening. Like, how have I been living not knowing about this? Like, children, you know, kids, the most innocent, like, they don't have mm -hmm. the ability to save themselves from this. Mm -hmm. Like, willing adults are, in, like, making this possible, making this happen. Like, God, please, 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 like, help me understand. Like, what, what can I do? And I was, and I just, I was like, I need to hear you speak. I need to hear you speak. Like whether it's audible, like whether you're going to appear in front of me, I need an answer, God. Like mm -hmm. this is breaking my heart. This is too much. And, and I remember like as, as clear as, you know, any person speaking to me, I, I heard him say, you need to use your voice about this. You need to spread awareness on this topic and you need to start. A podcast and I was like okay you know and and that was the first time in my life that I really mm. felt like like God was asking me to do something for him because mm -hmm. I've been asking you know we've been asking source to do something for us our, yeah. all the time but like this was like I really felt like okay if you want to help this is what you can do mm -hmm. you know and so I know that a big part of whatever I do in the future like I have I have background in like therapy and PTSD I've been through it myself so like I know how to speak to that you know yeah. and I've done like courses and certifications on trauma healing and yeah. all of this stuff and so now I'm seeing like oh like all the dots are connecting like that's something that I can hopefully God willing use in the future to be able to support anyone who's coming out of this type of uh, yeah. situation so yeah. so yeah I just feel like you know that's an example of technology being used to spread awareness in a yeah. way that's meaningful and impactful. Uh, what I loved seeing is that so many people not only donated after seeing that movie, but like bought tickets for their friends to go see the movie. Cause mm -hmm. you're so moved by it that you're like, like you, you need to go see this. Like we can't like, I remember I, I told my mom to go see, she's like, I don't know if I can handle that. Like it's too heavy. Like it, it would break my heart. And I was like, that's exactly why you need to go see it like let it break your heart because when your heart is broken you will be moved to do something about it mm -hmm. you know and so i one of the lines that i loved in the movie because the the person who was leading all those rescue missions in the movie he uh he's a follower of, of jesus and he said like one of the drug lords or like who was like helping him bust the operation of the child trafficking yeah. said to him why do you want to do this and then he answered, because God's children are not for sale. And like that line, you know, that moment that really, really happened. And they portrayed in the movie so, so powerfully. And it's like, man, what is going to move your heart to think beyond yourself if it's not innocent children? Yeah. You know? Wow. So. Yeah. Yeah. I am certainly aware of the uh, of this issue. and uh, And I know some people who are you're one of them who are deeply moved to the point of tears to this cause there and there's definitely something about you being involved in addressing that for sure there's some kind of like a very deep connection to healing that mm. in the world yeah. uh, in terms of podcast i'm happy to support in whatever way i can uh, you know i'm a <laughs> podcast you. master or yes. becoming one yeah have you thought about like how would that work and what what are you trying to do with it yeah you know because i have like experienced god as like my healer then like my father then like my friend like i've gotten to know him in all 
his facets, you know, and also acknowledging that like the last thing that I ever expected was for me to be a follower of Jesus. Like mm. it was just so far. It was like the last place that I would ever looked. I had already mm. crossed it off, you know, as like that's not the path I'm going down. Like, yeah. And experiencing that relationship now and how radically my beliefs have changed, but also how how like being a follower of Jesus has made me a better person in so many ways made mm. me a better citizen of society, even a better daughter and sister. Like yeah. I'm just interact completely differently with like, I've always loved my parents and my brothers, but like yeah. now I honor them, you know, I serve them. Like yes. serving sometimes means sacrifice. Like, you know, it's it's changed mm. me as a person and <laughs> mm. they've noticed it, you know, like they'll, they're like, wow, you know, mm -hmm. you're helping more around the house. Like just, you know, tiny little simple things like that, but also really, yeah. you know, big things too. And so I, and, and more than that, also, like, just how it has made me feel, like, just overwhelming gratitude and appreciation for life more than any of my previous, I guess, belief systems were ever able to foster. Um, and so, you know, my, my brothers at the moment, they are atheists. They're both, like, philosophers, and one of them is doing his PhD in Oxford University, and they're both super-duper-duper smart, and I adore yeah. them. They mean the world to me. And, uh, you know, they were like, so, like, you know, one day we were driving, we had a road trip, and I was like, what is this uh, Jesus thing in your life now, huh? And I'm like, I'm like, I know, it's it's really the last thing that I expected, too. And it's also the, the realest, most beautiful thing that I've ever experienced. And mm. I, I told them, you guys know that I tried everything, you know, I tried psychedelics and different therapies and this and that and personal development for so many years. And I used to teach manifestation workshops and whatnot. And mm. uh, I have to say, I told them, I, I said, even if even if someone at the end of my life, you know, or like someone were to prove to me like, hey, by the way, like that's not true or that's not mm -hmm. the way or God isn't real or like Jesus like isn't who he said he was like whatever. I said, I would I would still choose mm. this lifestyle yeah. simply because of how it's made me a better person, how much peace I feel, how much joy yeah. I feel, how much service have, has come from this, how much more like um, spiritual maturity and just maturity in general has come from it. And like just the impact that it's had on my life and, and those around me, I'm like, I would still choose it, you know, no matter, even if someone told me that it wasn't true, like this mm -hmm. is more, like given me more fruit results and happiness and love and joy than any other thing that I previously considered. So just on the basis of that, yeah. you know, but beyond that, I said, you know, you, you guys won't, won't believe me, but I'm like, this is, for me, this is the absolute truth. They say like, Jesus is the truth, the life and the way. And, mm. and that's what I have personally experienced. And I was the most skeptical person that you could ever imagine that didn't want to go down this path. Mm -hmm. and But I'm so glad that I ended up finding it, mm -hmm. you know? I'd like to wrap up this conversation with the big question. Uh, now back back to you. What is the best case scenario future looks like for humans? And what can we do now? What can we start doing now to kind of increase our chances in manifesting that type of future? Wow, no biggie. So, so, so like I said, you know, I think that wholeness, happiness, health, right? Like individuals who are using their gifts and their talents 
in a way that contributes to society. People who have a cup that's overflowing in the sense that like they they are able to help others because the source of love isn't directly coming from themselves, but it's coming from an inexhaustible source. Helping those who can't help themselves, a society in which we look after those who yep. need us, like children, yep. right, in the child trafficking pandemic. And so I would say like that's a that's a desired vision right of of humanity is like community healthy relationships commitment wanting to build things that uh, go just beyond ourselves just beyond short-term fleeting fulfillment or pleasures but actually like Mm long-term vision for not just our children but our children's children that takes you us thinking beyond ourselves right can i intervene Uh, and and ask you a follow yeah uh, what is our how do you see our relationship with technology there like, uh, what's our ideal, uh, what's the ideal place of technology in that desired mm-hmm. vision of humanity? Yep. Um, I think that it comes down to people having, like, a set of boundaries with, because there's always going to be media created that mm-hmm. doesn't serve humanity because people want views and they want to fear monger, right? Like yeah. in news articles sometimes and things like that. So mm-hmm. it's up to us having a sense of personal responsibility in knowing that our view is our vote. So what you're viewing is what you're voting for more of, right? Yep. And so it really goes back to us, like voting for the things that are gonna create a healthy society and supporting the values that lead to life, Mm -hmm. not death, right? That lead to unity, not disconnection. And so that kind of leads me into like what are some practical steps and mm-hmm. I think we spoke a little bit about like finding healthy communities whose values you align with mm-hmm. um, addressing like the home because children come like we're the product of our our homes mm-hmm. and of our education of our schooling right yep. so obviously those are two very important areas for me and you know I know that you've asked this question to a lot of people that you've probably spoken to because of what I've what I've seen and what I've experienced and the journey that I've been on these mm-hmm. past few years and and how much my relationship with God has changed me. Like the power of prayer, you know, Mm. like prayer, you can read thousands of studies on the power of prayer and how it has an effect that our human minds can't fully comprehend, but God operates outside of that, that people have seen miracles and true transformations and life changes through the power of prayer. And I would say, anyone who's you know watching this like in the future the the simplest prayer that you can say is god if you're real show me and if you're real use me for good use me for your purposes use me for good you know it's as simple as having a soft heart and a true genuine willingness to know the truth and to want to understand and um and like that prayer will be answered we just, you know, seek and you will find, ask and you will receive, knock and the door will be opened. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having a genuine heart of saying, if you're real, show me who you are. Mm-hmm. I want to feel your love. And then once you have that relationship, it's like, okay, now that I know you, now that I've built a relationship with you, my question, my prayer now is, God, how do you want to use me? Because mm-hmm. he gave me my life back, like, Kirill, two years ago, two and a half years ago, when I was in my rock bottom, I didn't think that I was going to continue living. Like, I would not be sitting here if it had not been for God. Like, I remember being in my room and thinking, I actually do not want to live if this is what my life is going to be like with, like, this, 
meant this brain fog and and this PTSD and the panic attacks and these mental afflictions and just like this isolation and I, I can mm. imagine a lot of people went through that during the pandemic but also like a lot of people are going through that right now because of the disconnections that we can see in our society and so mm -hmm. anyone who's in that place or anyone who has an addiction anyone who feels stuck or like they're missing something just pray just ask mm -hmm. soften your heart and you know like i think what helped me a lot was looking on youtube at stories of people who mm -hmm. had who were sharing their testimony mm -hmm. because it was more evidence and more data points yeah. of like wow like man these people like their whole life has been completely changed and mm -hmm. they're saying they've experienced the most love they've ever experienced and it's le led to so many beautiful results and domino effects in their life and like yeah. they came from the same background as me or they had the same you know problems as me and now they're set free and that for me was like part of the reason why I kept on going and that's actually something that's shared in scripture they say we will overcome like darkness through the power of our testimony yeah right through the word through the power of our testimony and I think it's a beautiful thing and and like you said stories like this yeah. you know using media for good yep. it's it's so possible and it has to come from a willing heart and I believe that once we pray God's spirit is able to change our heart completely Beautiful. thank you thank you thank you for uh, again shining your light for sh uh, sharing your experience being very open and uh, vulnerable and authentic as always thank you hopefully this this recording will impact some lives uh, once they uh, see it once they resonate with this message and uh, maybe it will bring more people into the Wu Church or mm. just uh, to, to to God, God. in general. Yeah. Yeah, that that is that'll be my prayer. You know, all glory, yeah. all glory goes to God, and it's it's such an amazing way to experience the life that He's created for us. Is like oh, walk in partnership and collaboration with yeah. you know the source of love. Beautiful.